When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. All right, Holly, what do you have for us today? Good afternoon, Julia. Good afternoon, darling. The hot gossip this afternoon is coming from Bachelor Nation, where over the wire just now, Page Six reporting that Chris Harrison won't be returning to host Bachelor in Paradise, and they've found someone else to replace him. Ooh. David Spade. Oh, that is a perfect casting. Yes. Okay, that's perfect casting. Yes. Well, he's going to be one of them. So, so, but still, applause to that. Get excited because it's going to be happening. Now, page six is saying that Chris Harrison is going to be replaced by a revolving cast of guest hosts on Bachelor in Paradise, including David Spade. Oh, Bachelor in Paradise. Paradise. Yes. So the one in August. Oh, it's just, okay, so you know, not he's going to still do the Bachelor. It's, it's just, all of this is a test run because they don't want to get sued by Chris Harrison. Can they get rid of him? But he's me, executive producer of the Bachelor. Yes, and so they're going to see what the ratings are all right. and all of this. But I love this. David Spade he's giving so people funny. crap. He's so funny. Oh my god! Well, and apparently David Spade is a Bachelor super fan. Yeah. So he gives a lot of commentary on the Bachelor shows. He does this via Instagram, and he's spoken about his love for the franchise on Jimmy Kimmel Live. So yes. it's all synergistic there. Yeah. With ABC, I love it. I, I love it. I mean, I, Chris Harrison is probably just wanting to pull his hair out, and he's just crying to Laura, Laura Zima or whatever her name is who. Entertainment tonight. Yes. That's who he, that's his girlfriend. Yes. Cause I mean, I don't know. I just kind of think that Harrison, he felt so stale and he felt so jumped the shark when he was lecturing Taisha. Right. Or Rachel Lindsay when she was interviewing him Mm -hmm. for extra. He was so condescending. I don't know. I don't know. They just might be like, maybe we gotta just totally. Revamp the whole scene. You know? Well, I know um, from some people that I know who watch the show, they're not excited about the upcoming Bachelorette. Because he's not hosting it. And because of who it is. Oh, Katie? Yeah, not mm. Ender. Mm. Well, you know, we have August to look forward to. I love Bachelor <laughs> Lori, Paradise. Lori, this just makes Lori me, loves this. This makes me happy. I just think it's going to be kind of fun. Well, I, yeah. The, uh, producers, allegedly, according to their source at Page Six, are saying that they want to put some fun back into, into yeah. the show in Bachelor in Paradise. They think it's become too serious. And so, well, Bachelor in Paradise is essentially kind of a variation on a love island, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's all about hooking up and all of that. And it was, I always thought it was odd that Chris Harrison had to do that one too. 
because it kind of like stretches him as this, I don't know. And then they ended up kind of making stars out of some of the bartenders that were, you know what I mean? There was like, he wasn't always there. So yeah, I think this is good. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, let's stick with some gossip over at page six. All right. Somebody is spilling about Mishka Barton, who was allegedly a nightmare to work with on the OC. Mm. A source exclusively telling Page Six, countering the claims that Mishka Barton said she was bullied on the set of the OC. Well, they're saying that they got frustrated with Barton because she would consistently show up late for filming. The source said, so now she wants to go and say that she was bullied. Quote, it wasn't that she was bullied. People didn't appreciate waiting for hours for her to show up. Now, that source also claims that Mishka Barton's momager was annoying and that the whole thing was a mess. I believe all that. Actually, we remember what was going on with Mishka Barton. She was dating Cisco. That's right. Yeah. And Cisco Cisco was in People Magazine in the very, very short cutoff jeans, if you remember correctly. And she was having... She was having... Was she a little bit, a couple years older than some of the other kids? I feel like she was, but she was experiencing things differently than everybody else. I feel like she was having moments then. All I know is Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark, who played What's-Her-Name's Mom. You know, she was the redhead. Yes, love her. They have a podcast called Welcome to the OC Bitches. Is that why this is all getting out there? Yeah, because Rachel Bilson said on that podcast, hey, look, we're going to, we would invite Barton on. To let her tell her side of the yes. story about what was happening behind the scenes of the OC. And, yeah, and I don't so, think that offer has been taken up. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, she was Marissa's mom. Yes, I remember. Clark. She was, uh, yeah, Mar- yeah, Marissa Cooper's mom. Yeah, Cisco Adler, Julia. Mm-hmm. Oh, how about that deep cut? And I got <laughs> Logan's run earlier. Thank you. Actually, I rewatched Logan's run in the past month. Of yeah. course you did. It's a little cheesy. Is it? Yeah. yeah. And you guys are right on with your assessment of Michael York. Like, yeah. he's just. Well, let's stick with a little vintage uh, 70s story. Let's talk about Brick Etle- or Britt Etlin, excuse me. You know, oh, married used the to be Bond married- girl, wasn't she? Yeah, Bond girl used to be married to Peter Sellers. Pink beauty- Panther. Pink Panther used to be, well, she still is a very gorgeous Scandinavian beauty. Well, she's opening up about her plastic surgery regrets today, saying that she ruined her face with lip fillers. So she said that a doctor in Paris gave her an experimental filler called Articol. Does that sound familiar to you guys? No, no. but I feel like it's the same it's thing Priscilla Presley put in her face. Something bad, yeah. So it's made from bovine collagen. Ooh. She got the procedure done about 30 years ago. See? Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness she we was were an experimental. Thank goodness we're at the I don't even think this this is a filler that they use anymore well, because no. it's so atrocious what it does. It disfigures your face, your whatever wherever they put it. And it she, doesn't die. Yeah, and it's s- like permanent. And so she said, Brit said that she's been getting excruciatingly painful injections to try to uh, dissolve it. She said, I did all of that in my 50s. She's 78 right now. Mm -hmm. She said she wouldn't consider doing it again. She has no desire to look any different than she is right now. Here's what I would say. She does look weird. Just get a little mini facelift. No, no, but it's when you put in the lumpy stuff. It's gross. This is something that they used for dental implants. Oof. And they discovered you could plump up your lips, but they didn't realize because it was done so long ago, 30 years ago. So it's... 
It's like, look at Priscilla Presley. Yes, she did the same mm-hmm. lip thing. You look at anyone who's sort of in there, but you never, no one ever tells us. I mean, I give Britt Eklund, no one ever, ever s- says, I wish I would have never done I it. I had not done that, you know? Yeah. And just being really upfront with like, ooh. And that her. is something, I guess, if you're an actress and, and you look at somebody that's in their 80s, Well, think 70s. of it. The chemical peels used to be so much hardcore back then and you would lose the color in your skin. Yeah. The um, injections of plast- face, face plastic they surgery was so th- yeah. oh, who extreme. Was- who was the actress? She was either from Knott's Landing oh, or yeah. one of those. Val, Joan, Val, Joan, Joan Van Ark. Yes, Joan Van Ark. Like that. I she feel changed like, her look completely. She, yeah. she was gorgeous. Yeah, you know, speaking of the way that, you know, I can, we cannot, we are only speculating I'm here. I'm so glad and, we didn't grow up in those times. Yeah, we, would, we would be ruined. Or the whole, like, facelift yeah. big thing where it was just, let's just pull back your face a little bit and you look extra awake. I wonder if that's why Courtney Cox was so quiet during the Friends reunion. Because Matthew Perry has teeth hurt from the dental surgery, and and I, Jennifer, I wonder if Courtney was feeling self conscious about how she her appearance. Because they all really kind of David Schwimmer looked hands down the best, hands down. Okay, then Jennifer Aniston, then Lisa Kudrow, right. Matt LeBlanc. I mean, they looked like themselves. She looked so different. But remember, she stopped doing it. But. I mean, you two watched it. What did I you did. think? Did were you struck at all by her appearance? Well, I feel like Courtney Cox has been manipulating her appearance for a long time. But and her friend Jennifer Aniston told her to stop the insanity because I felt like she stopped. Maybe she stopped using whatever she was using and moved on to something else. Right. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. Casey was just like he was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, when you're in HD and it's been a hot second since you've seen somebody. He, right. This was and like, she, her face doesn't even look the same anymore. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I wonder if that's why she was just kind of more quiet. I don't know. It's like, you know, way two kids go to a reunion, like at 25 years or something. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I know. Mm-hmm. Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. All right, honey. Okay, so the scandal today would be, uh, I thought, thank you. I have to give my thanks to Matthew Barry, who is a um, longtime casting director in Hollywood. Okay. who had quite a bit to dish about, um, you know, Hollywood. Is there reverse cast? Is the reverse casting couch and just specific stories about people whose careers he might have launched uh, launched, and how he got in and how this guy, Matthew Berry. So before I talk about, cause he's like name dropping Amy Adams, Mickey Rourke. Um, he's name dropping a lot of good people. Okay. But his first job as a casting director, it's 1993 and he's brought on board to work with Adrian Lynn, a famously idiosyncratic, how do you say that word? Idiosyncratic director. Mm-hmm. And he's directing the movie in Decent Proposal oh, with Robert yes. Redford and Demi, Demi Moore. Moore. Okay. And so uh, um, Matthew, this is his big break that he's going to just do whatever this guy says. He's okay. basically just a gopher for the director. Right. And he said, um, Adrian approached him and he said, Matt, I need you to find me some couples that look like Robert and Demi, and I want them to jam. 
Okay. And I said, what do you mean? Do you want them to have sex? Right. And Adrian said, yeah, yeah. And I said, Adrian, that's porn. And he said, yeah, you can find that for me, right? And in a stroke of luck, okay. Matthew Barry happened to play baseball with the adult film star Randy West, who was nicknamed the Robert Redford of porn due to his likeness <laughs> for, to the legendary right. actor. Rocco's right. Googling him right, right now. Yeah, Randy West. Randy West, okay. And um, so, you know, he found him, and Adrian Lynn, I mean, and he happened to be friends with him, okay, okay because, like, he's just in his 20s. Right. Uh, and, you know, happens to, you know, play baseball as you... A lot of times, you know, in your 20s, you're on baseball leagues and all kinds sure. of things, and everybody's trying to make their way in their business. So the director, Adrian Lynn, was beyond thrilled. Right. You know, you know this guy? Yeah. And um, so that was like, that was basically it. That was his break. And then he just started, you know, working and working. and As a casting director. As a casting director. And he, in this interview, he said, listen, you know, Actors are just as unpredictable as the directors I've worked with. In order, every actor, in order to be great, you have to have some level of dysfunction. He said Hollywood is a cesspool of dysfunctional people. He said that every year, thousands upon thousands of young adults and older adults, they come to L.A. seeking fame and fortune. After that first year, there are a thousand left. After the second year, there are a hundred left. And out of that, ten will make it. Right. I mean, that's how the many people. Are very, so, yeah. So um, some of the stories. Okay, so like here's, uh, he's in the movies he's cast, The Notebook. Okay. Con Air, Rush Hour, She's So Lovely, um, Alpha, just all kinds of movies. So we'll start with The Notebook. So he said about The Notebook. The studio wanted Kate Beckinsale. Yes, I heard that in the movie in in it. And um, but when the director brought her in, he sensed zero chemistry in her. And so, was Ryan Gosling already cast? No, or just he no. didn't like her. And he he auditioned Britney Spears for the Notebook. Yes, and you knew that. Mm-hmm. And it was a close call, but the, the unknown actress Rachel McAdams, she aced the audition. And she has since, in interviews, credited Matthew Barry for For discovering her her and giving her a break because um, he stuck his neck out for her. He felt that she just did it. And um, he he had kind of a funny story about Con Air and... um, Mickey Rourke auditioning for the movie and they'd cast Nicolas Cage, okay. but they hadn't cast the other part. And so this was Matthew saying this was at the height of Mickey or Rourke, Mickey Rourke's insanity when he was shooting up his houses and allegedly beating up his girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And he said, so we call Mickey, and we have a whole crew, and Jerry Bruckheimer and I, we're doing Nicolas Cage's lines for the read. It's a big confrontation scene. Mickey's smoking a cigarette in the scene in office, and I'm like, you're a bleeping gar- you know, gargoyle, Grissom. You know, he's reading dialogue yep, to him. Yep. Mickey looks, reaches behind his back. I hear a click, <gasps> and I'm like, 
Oh. He took a pistol out or something. A knife. Oh, a switchblade. Okay. He stands up, walks over to me. The camera is mounted, so the cameraman was trying to judge it. He pulls a knife, holds it to my throat, and goes, what do you say? And I'm looking into vacancy. I've never looked into someone's eyes and seen nothing. Vacancy space. Oh, and my gosh. He's standing there, and nobody's quite sure what to do. He takes a drag off his cigarette, blows it in my face, Puts the cigarette out on my jeans, oh. and we finish the scene. There's dead silence, dead silence, and then he just goes, "Thank you, guys," and he leaves. And then everyone rushed over to him. Are you okay? Are you okay? And he said, "Well, you know, I didn't pee or you know bleep my pants, so I guess I'm okay." But they all said, "Yeah, we're not hiring that guy." Do you remember just, how hot he used to be before he messed but up his I mean, face? Just, yeah, I see that, Lord. He's but this is before the messed up face. This is just like they're like, okay, we're not. Mm. They all agreed, Bruckheimer. You know, and they're like, this he is was too intense, too intense. And then mm-hmm. Amanda Seyfried, the story. So she shot Mean Girls, and you know, you don't know what's going to happen to the movie. It's not even out yet, right? And her agent um, had her try out for this movie. Alpha Dog? Yes. Do you remember I, yeah, that? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so she comes in and she sits down in my office and she starts crying. And she said, <laughs> I don't want to be here. I want to go home. I'm tired. I miss my family. I don't want to be in your stupid movie. And we we're like, stupid movie? What do you mean? She knew everything about the movie and everything. She just said, can I just leave? And they're like, no, let's just talk. And we literally, we literally kept her for an hour, um, but she had the part three minutes in, but we had to talk her into it because she was so exhausted from the mean girl shoot and she just wanted to go home. Isn't that something? And it's that was so he, young. He must feel bad about that because I don't think that was a great movie. No, but it was, who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, he said Mark Ruffalo, when he read for Crimson Tide in 1994, Mark's agent was a good friend of a friend, and Mark Ruffalo had nothing on his resume, not one movie, not one TV, just a couple of theater parts. But he walked in, and we could just feel, I felt his energy, and we just cast him. Right. He said, so a lot of times for casting, and he said casting directors have the reverse casting couch where, People will offer whatever you want, whatever you would like sexually. I can make happen. I need this part right. in this. I need my break. I Give need me my, my break. I need break. my break. Yep, yep. Bradley Cooper, he said he um, came in to audition for this thriller called John Q. Mm-hmm. I can't remember it. He said Bradley was so strange and intense. We couldn't quite get a lock on him. He has a wicked sense of humor, but very intense. I think we were auditioning him also for The Notebook because we needed a good-looking guy for that role. And then James Marsden ended up getting that. Oh, yes. I love James Marsden. Because he was just too intense. And um, uh, what else did he say? Uh, He Jennifer Garner. He um, She tried out for a movie... um, called Unhook the Stars. Never even heard of it. Yeah, he said she was so sweet and she didn't have the edge for it and they wanted Renee Zellweger and she came in and crushed the audition but she did this weird biting her lower lip thing 
and the producer couldn't stand it, so we ended up with Moira Kelly. Whoever that is. Exactly. He cast uh, Ava Mendez in Training Day 2001. Yes, okay. He said it was really hard to get her cast because she was so beautiful. It was like her beauty intimidated. It's okay. just a, it's an interesting, interesting yeah. thing to, you know, all the yeah. way. Because casting, you know, it's always mm-hmm. gets the bad. But anyway, kind of a interesting um, interview. And he said, definitely, once the star's on the rise, it's difficult to book them in a movie, which that happened with Margot Robbie. She was auditioning for that movie, The Other Woman, Leslie Mann, Cameron yes, Diaz, yes, yes, Kate yes, Upton. Yes, 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 yes. And Margot Robbie was cast in Wolf of Wall Street, um, but that wasn't out yet, so she ends up losing that part to Kate Upton in The Other Woman. Wow. Because she was going to be in The Wolf of Wall, right. Wall Street, and they'd be coming out around the same, same time. time. So, she, you know, anyway, so kind of kind of interesting uh, stuff, but Mickey Rourke, yeah, he's okay, been I am obsessed. for a long time. Okay, so Rocco, we had an encounter with Mickey Rourke outside of Dan <laughs> We had two oh. encounters. We had one Mickey on the Rourke. red carpet. We and I love there. him now. He's okay, been humbled and I, humiliated. He so. has been so humiliated because he had plastic surgery very, very early, and what he did, yeah. he he had the brow. He did the brow he, uh, thing, horrible. like Kenny Rogers. I just did look at all these horrible pictures. Can I he tell was you so one hot. last story? A Jared yes. Leto casting couch yes. story. Not a casting couch story. So of course, Jared Leto. His first big break was ABC, My So Called Life, yes. in '94 with Claire Danes, and then. Um, but anyway, he told Matthew. You know when Matthew uh, Barry. Uh, was, was looking to cast him. him. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he said, "Listen, I got to tell you about this one time. I was um, asked Warren Beatty. I got to ask Warren Beatty what um, his best love life advice was for women. Mm-hmm. How do you get all these beautiful women?" And Beatty just laughed and said, "Let them talk. Just listen." My dad's advice. That was your dad's advice. Mm-hmm. I know that's why. I had to bring that's it up why God you. gave you two ears and one mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. Rocco, that is the key. <laughs> just to beautiful women. Yep. All right, listen. And just we'll- not every once in a while and pretend you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back. And you know, somebody did call in to defend um, Mickey Rourke. No, well, that God, I just spent the commercial break looking at so pictures did I. of his face. Yeah. So did I. And he made a movie this year, and he's got that face in it yeah well he did wreck it boxing, boxing and, and, and then he, he said for a hot minute yeah he said in an interview in 2009 i just went to the wrong guy yeah, yeah. i went to the wrong dude to fix yeah. me up but i remember making sag uh audio highlights and you said you look hot mickey work and, and he, he said, said nice cleavage baby, nice cleavage, baby. Mm-hmm. He did. yeah no, we've had three encounters. We have with had. Him. Beverly we Hills have. Hotel, yes. outside Dantana's and on the red yes. carpet. And he, even with all that plastic surgery, he he has star. There was like Meg. A star quality. His body much. is so perfect. perfect. Yeah, okay, he's right. got a, it's his body that's perfect and he wears clothes he, that are perfect. Yeah. Because he's got a really fat, good V tummy, and he wears really good jeans, and mm-hmm. he wore tight T-shirts with mm-hmm. his mom muscles. He, his body, he had a cold shoulder parka yeah, he did. on. He Jeez, did. Louise. Oh gosh! I, I mean, that is a man oh, after my. But, I mean, oh. Rocco, you don't know how much we love cold shoulders. But on a man, it was the on first a man. We've ever it seen was it. just decadent, oh. and then it had fur around it, and. He put his arm around oh, me. I, I could know. have been happy. I know you couldn't have. I know. Speaking of a giant beefy arms, please take a look at Thor, 
Love and Thunder, his <laughs> rap. Look at him again. Just, yeah, let's look at that again. All right, we even... posted that on okay. the Lori. I've been, a, I've looked at everyone's cheek implants, Madonna's, Demi Moore's, Courtney um, Cox. Courtney Cox. We've looked at Mickey. Today was a plastic surgery afternoon. Yeah, kind of. We mm-hmm. had observations. Today. We did. Racco, you were saying though oh, that somebody, somebody called in. Yeah. She said it was, you know, the story of four runners. Right. And, you know, one was uh, a preacher and he was yes. doing it for God. And one was a Jewish man doing it. Yes. To shove it in the face. of. You it know, was maybe too, and, Julia, the time, 1981. Was too cool. I wasn't mature we, enough to appreciate right. that movie. Neither one that, of us. No, I was, I was immature. Right. And, right. And ready and to do no and not, good and not caring about theater well and also the world that in 1981 you know like i had no uh, clue what was going on right 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 i knew only about me that's correct that's the age that is the age so um but i'm glad that somebody reminded you of the of the other meaning behind that because i could truly say that neither one of us ever saw this movie but we love to complain about it yeah i know i haven't or bring it up. Um, I know it is one of those that we just do. Okay, so who here? I get. I guess it's only going to be Rocco. Rocco's the only one with the record player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because sales of vinyl LPs and forty fives grew twenty three percent in twenty twenty. This, according to the recording uh, industry, and. Uh, you see a lot more of that. Taylor Swift's Evermore um, just, uh, you know, scooted out Jack White's Lazaretto, which had sold 40,000 copies the week it was launched in June of 2014. And she just sold, um, she sold uh, like 48,000 of Evermore. Wow. On vinyl? On wow. vinyl, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's the single biggest uh, week since they've tracked it, yep. 91. Wow. Yeah, so um, people are listening to that on the vinyl. So I'm really mad that I ever got rid of my albums. Oh, Lori, who, you know? we got rid of everything. Actually, I didn't. I mean, brother, ex-brother-in-law threw right. away all my albums, both photo and Record. Think of how many times you moved in a certain period of your life. And Those that always such... came with me, yeah. my photo albums and my picture albums. That was yeah. what I would leave clothes. Those are two of the same. I would leave shoes. No, but I mean, yeah, you know, the, two, the record albums. Mm-hmm. And I would leave all kinds of other crap, but those two things came with me. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, anyway, Demi, uh, Demi Lovato, people are mad at her. Oh, what's because she, what is she doing now? Well, she doesn't she, want people to talk about losing weight. She doesn't want people to talk about food. Well, she doesn't want people to go she to did a promo, a promo op with that radio festival holding a Dr. Pepper zero sugar branded can of pop. After she told us all, it's not about weight. It's not <laughs> about sugar. Don't talk about diets. And then she's holding a Dr. Pepper zero. Come on. She's two-faced. Yeah. She can't get it right, though, right now for nothing. But, I, I mean, I the irony really, of that, after beyond. she went after the frozen yogurt shop, no, but then and then she just said, last week lectured everybody. Don't even not, talk about losing weight or gaining weight We're not to fitness. compliment anybody on anything. I wish you didn't feel like she had to be the diet police. I wish she didn't feel like she had to be right, Lori. Like, let it to each his own. Yeah. You want us to let you be you. Right. Don't preach. Right. And it's such general things i don't want anyone ever to talk about losing weight 
Good luck with that. No, don't compliment oh. someone on weight loss. Why? It's because so silly. It's as harmful as complimenting someone on their weight gain, is what um, she said. No, I'm going to be honest. It isn't, because I've lost weight and gained weight, and no one compliments you on your weight gain. Nobody. Yeah. No. Congrats. Yeah, you've gained weight. You look great with those 10 extra pounds right in your arm. Oh, thumbs up. Wait a wait a wait a just do a spot growth on your arm. I mean, I she's cookie. Yeah, I, I don't. I yeah, I wish she, she just she uses her, broad brushes of everything and she's so dramatic. Her publicist could would just like should tell her. I would her take to just away everything. Everything. She's had an interesting year. She's finding a lot about herself. Right. She's discovering a lot. She was married, engaged done everything basically she wasn't married but just relax yeah well from your lips to relax to, to her and you know uh um jen shaw her oh, gofundme that got taken a, down the real yeah, housewife of salt, salt lake city yeah apparently it was in violation of um get, you can't raise money, money for pay eagle legal bills <laughs> That's right, up against the feds. No, you cannot, Julia. You cannot. Note to self. Note to self. All right. Everyone have a great night. It's Wednesday, by the way. We'll be back.